Rice. I'm Luke Summerhays. And I'm James J. Moyles. And you're listening to Monster Mash. And on this week's episode, we're not hunting anything, but rather we're taking a trip to the Shrine Ruins. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They played the mash. It caught on in a flash. They played the mash. They played the. Once a place where people prayed for protection, this shrine has fallen into decay and is now haunted by the roars of monsters day and night. However, it still maintains its holy nature and exudes a mysterious aura. These halls of worship, once so bustling, now home to monsters, stalking and rustling. Hunters beware. Not wait, but despair. It will probably come as no surprise that I really like this map. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite pretty for a basic grass area, isn't it? Like, it's why they showed off in all the trailers, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And for good reason, because, um, like you said, it's it's definitely got its own distinct flavor, um, but one that definitely um, feeds into the overall theming of the game, shall we say? Like, which is Japan. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's very specifically like a specific flavor of Japan, like Shinto and yokai and stuff. Mm. And this is just a bunch of Shinto shrines. So, with the Tori gates and the little bridges and the very Japanese garden aesthetic and the little houses and villages and temples. and I, I feel like I basically visit this place quite often. It reminds me of something that you may have seen like in a potentially like a, a Japanese period drama or something like that. Very much so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's nobody living in the wooden houses in that kind of run-down run-down village part of the map. Um, But that would be very strange if there were suddenly people walking about in a Monster Hunter map. It wouldn't really feel like Monster (laughs) Hunter. (laughs) Well, this would would specifically be a kind of, like, if it was set during, like, the Sengoku period, or, like, during Civil Wars, be a temple that's fallen into disrepair because, you know, Mm -hmm. there's too much evil in the world and, like, there'd be some little old priest on the corner saying... Oh well, you know, look at the state of the temples. No wonder the world is in the state it's in, and then there'd be some sort of showdown, and some guy's head would get cut off. <laughs> good. That's the good bit. That's what you come for. Or in the case of uh, Monster, a Rathian gets its yep. well tail cut off on his head. That would be a very different sort of break. We suddenly started decapitating. But it's about time. It's about time we had realistic monster decapitation. (laughs) Let's bring it back. Bring it back. In the Witcher crossover, they should have had it that any monster you kill, the head like spins off in slow motion in the final (laughs) chop. Is it that much more macabre to decapitate it than to cut off its tail while it's still living? I mean, the head falling off is definitely a bit of a 
a thing. It's a quick, like, it, it quick can, death, keep, right? it, it can keep It can keep living after its tail. Right. It'll probably but regrow it, isn't it? We're it's definitely killing it either way. So cutting its head off is a nice well, quick death. We might, we, might, we might be capturing it. Right, I'm not saying its head would come off when you capture it. Send <laughs> <laughs> the trap. Whoop. Pop up goes its head. <laughs> no, but I'm saying if you chop its tail off, that doesn't mean you can't capture it. You can still capture it. But if you decide to kill it, that's just you being a murderous bastard. You know that's. Oh yeah, Andy Manu always brings traps. <laughs> that's just how you guys will do it. There's a big difference. <laughs> All it takes for evil for triumph is for good men to do nothing. Andrew Rice. <laughs> so, one thing that I've I never really actually dove into um, in this game yet and I kind of I do want to go back to it at some point potentially uh, and do this is that each area has its like kind of little hidden lore nuggets now like if by, by exploring the map which I suppose is kind of something they're, they're able to put in now with the you know the vert- vertical- verticality of the maps being on a whole other level and being able to squirrel things away in like high reaches or hidden little depths in the map did any of you like obviously Andy didn't? Did look? Did you um, collect any of these? Did you? Did you bother? For when the game first came out, I did search quite a few of them in the Shrine Ruins, um, but then I had what it all builds to kind of spoiled for me, I think. Um, and I haven't gone back. I kind of, it's on that you know that long list of like I'd like to do that, but I'm never ever gonna have time during my limited <laughs> time on this earth. Yeah, right, like. I kind of want to get all the Korok seeds, but you know, that's not happening, is it? <laughs> nah, that is that is definitely too much. Um, to confirm, I did get some of these. I mean, you know, I didn't go mad out of my way to to find them all, but uh, yeah, I explored I the think, areas a bit. I think they yeah. served their purpose early on in encouraging you to want to use the movement to get around the maps a bit, right? Mm-hmm. But once I'd gotten used to flying around on my wire bugs, it became like, okay, now I just want to hunt monsters. Well, I think this map, more than any of the others we're going to speak about, there's only really one other that I think that has a really like hidden, hidden sort of high point on the map, which is the Flooded Forest. We'll get... Flooded Forest, yeah. yeah uh, I, I thought you were going to say the boat on the uh, Frozen Island. Uh, yeah, I suppose so. I'm not sure I've ever been on the boat in the Frozen Island. Yeah, I think you can get all up in it. Um, <laughs> but... Like this, like the the shrine ruins has so many little hidden shrines, like atop a mountain top, um, yeah. which will usually have one of those swords or a message posted against it, and yeah, and and yeah. so on. It it definitely felt like a most of a thing here. Absolutely, like yeah, you did want to seek them out and find these special spots, and like there's the towers that felt like oh yeah, I should try climbing this mm. and see if I can get. To the top they, they were a bitch to climb as well. <laughs> Just kept auto running up up them and like bonk them ahead on the banister or what have you. Yep. Um, between this and Spider-Man which I've also been playing it's like when you're making big movements it's great and then as soon as you want to get into one specific spot (laughs) you forget how to fucking do it yeah do the um I'm I'm not bothered about spoilers maybe I want to throw a spoiler alert out for our listeners who um, who care about that and haven't done it yet? What did the Lord Nuggets build up to for the Shrine Ruins? I think um, I don't. I think it's just across all of the maps. Right. They built up to sort of suggest that Valstrak was coming back. Oh. Before okay. it was announced. Oh, really? It like talked about like a red comet or a falling star or something like that. Oh, okay. 
This is like nice. third-hand information, right? Which I heard on another podcast, and they probably heard it on a YouTube. But yeah, I think that was a thing. <laughs> Chinese whispers, like yeah, <laughs> could have made anything up there. Oh yeah, it's about um, Dodo Gamma coming back. <laughs> Bring him back. Bring him back. I'd love to have him back, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And something about how, like, um, Xi Jinping doesn't look like Winnie the Pooh, I think, was in there. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) That's the podcast banned in China. (laughs) No, no, no. no. That's us on board with it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said the good thing. I'm sure just even the association of mentioning the same sentence (laughs) because it's all blocked in China or some shit. Yeah, the algorithm definitely found that one. Yeah. Did I always have a little red dot on my forehead? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Am I missing something? It looks like somebody to get shot by a sniper. <laughs> we all in hell of a wait. Oh, wait, I see. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was not ready for that. Well, I'd say it's probably the most well-constructed area, but then it is, of course you know, one of the most original ones, I suppose. So it, it was worth them investing their time in. Like, obviously, you know, you've got the other areas where they can be a bit more callback to past games, mm. but I think that might have limited them somewhat. Whereas obviously with this one, it was, you know, total free reign to do whatever they wanted to. And I think that's why they had a bit more freedom and time to focus on it. Yeah, this one feels like it was built to show off this game systems, right? Yep. Like it, and like maybe the systems were built a little bit around this map. Like it was probably made as the game was being made as like a big testing ground. Testing ground, yeah, yeah. Again, it's also what we saw in like the very first trailer and stuff too. Mm. And like in the position of the world, is this not like quite close to Kamura Village? Yeah, that's the impression I get. Um, do we get like a map at all? I can't remember. I don't think we do. Um, no, I don't remember it. But I mean, it, that's certainly the case with most of the first areas, right? Yeah, like, usually. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm just thinking about to try where it no, was literally right, I think, right outside the gate. Well, I think well, right? Literally... You can actually go up to the gate in World. Um, and wasn't True. the yeah. wasn't the ancestral step like right next to um Valhabar in Four as well? Well, I I thought like each village was next to a different map was the idea in Four. Yeah, yeah well, that... Four is definitely there was like World Tour. Um, style game, you know, that like you travel about the world and oh, four, what a game! Yeah, it was a great game, Mr. Worldwide, Mr. 305. Shall we have a little chat about some of the smaller critters that inhabit the Shrine Ruins? Bunabra, pervasive flying insects that attack invaders with paralyzing venom and lay eggs in carrion, along with a fluid that hastens decomposition. It is best to kill them with poison, so that their parts are left ripe for the carving. Is this like the third time we've spoken about Manabra? Probably. I've been talking about it many times outside. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, something, something, it looks like a virtual boy. Something, something, it's annoying when it paralyzes you. And I feel like it doesn't get me that much in this one. No, I was about to say that there. I think the. The annoyance factor is 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 down from Monster to Rise. Is that because of the the more open areas, or I feel like like yeah, although the mobile areas the hunter is maybe as are well. more open for us, though, like small critters like this tend to stay in their own area a bit more. And yeah, definitely. Like, they don't seem to be 
like I don't really ever remember seeing one while we are fighting. Um, whereas obviously, you know, I can certainly remember in like the more swampy areas that they are so concentrated in there that they would come and bother you in the middle of a fight. Yeah. And also, I guess there's not really the same insect style large monsters that mm. I guess it needs to coexist around. So maybe that's it. I don't know. But yeah, Vanabra seems to hang out on like the cliff tops and stuff in this game. So you yeah. you only really encounter them at times when you're not dealing with any big monsters. And if you're on the cliff tops, you're going to be zipping about anyway. So it's not like they've got a chance to kind of drift towards you and and paralyze you, right? Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. Like even when I've just stopped to get some honey or something, I don't think that one's like ever floated over and got me. I think I've only been gotten by a banabra in this game if I've literally like put my controller down and gone to have a drink or something. <laughs> Well, you know what they're missing a trick in, in Rise? What's that? It's a quest that they've not included, that they really should. <laughs> like, kill 50 Padabras? <laughs> yes. You know it. <laughs> Bring it back. Bombaji, an omnivorous small monster with a distinct round shape. Its whole body courses with flammable gas, which it expels in defence when threatened. Once expelled, this gas has explosive properties. This trait has led to Bombaji being used in combat by many crafty hunters throughout history. Oh, we've got a special guest joining us. Hello, I'm Jonathan Cromie. I, uh, I like killing Bombaji. I like seeing the life leave their little eyes. It makes me feel so much more alive to, to snuff out another life. And as they, they, they pour at me as I'm holding them under the water and watching them drown it. Oh, it does make me erect. This is that's a, a hell of a niche reference. Though, I was going to say this is the nichest of references. <laughs> it's a reference to the first episode of this season of this podcast. I think it's fair. Oh yeah, he was on the podcast. Did he write? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. <laughs> Called him out on it. So you did. Psychopathic. The way he decided to just—he had to kill every single one he saw. <laughs> It's a new lad, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little Tanuki guy. I do think it's uh, it's, it's got a bit of charm. I, I'm not as as big on him as some people seem to be. Like that, like I've read comments that people seem to really love this guy, but he, he does have charm. When when the g- I think as far as small monsters go, right? There's something a bit special about him. Like that. Yeah. There's nothing else that that has almost such a comical. You know, oh, uh, the value literally just explodes, right? I mean, that's a, it's a good time. Well, it sits around, like, looking kind of humorous and not bothering you, and then you can whack it and make it explode. So it's just... Yep. It's just a little banter machine. But Looney Tunes, isn't it? It's very Looney Tunes. Well, the only thing I would say I'm disappointed about is that we got this guy instead of getting, like, a large monster based on a Tanuki. Because they're, like, the yep. most pervasive... Yokai. Well, you know, let's wait till uh, Sunrise and... Uh, well, Sunbreak is going to be about uh, Western <laughs> Gothic monsters. I do... No, no, no. I no, do no. wonder giant, if... Giant bombadges everywhere. I do wonder if they thought the Tanuki is too cute to be a large monster. Oh, my friend, you are not very familiar with mythology. Tanuki, <laughs> tanuki are cunts. <laughs> 
Like, one of the most famous Tanuki stories in Japan involves it tricking a father into eating his own dead wife. <laughs> that would be a <laughs> psychological horror hunt, yes. Yeah, like, Tanuki stories can get pretty dark. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, I do but... kind of get what you mean, like... it Because the Bombadji... Like, it's a big raccoon, a big fat raccoon. It's hard to make it not cute, right? Yeah, and like I think as well, the Tanuki has been kind of prevalent, perhaps even more so than any other yokai, um, and it's been in other games as well. Like obviously the Tanuki suit and, and, and Mario, and people maybe don't associate would would struggle to associate with being a threat. Yeah, um, I think I think it's the last sort of so basically post war, the Tanuki's been reinvented as like this lovable magical friend, and it maybe it's just too on the nose, right? Maybe they thought, like, well, something like, um, I can't remember any of their names, but the other yokai they used are not necessarily that well-known outside of Japan. Mm. Whereas, like you say, like, Mario is a tanuki. It's in base, like, Tom Nook. <laughs> Basically every yeah. Japanese yeah. property has a little tanuki character. Wait, is Tom Nook a tanuki? Yeah. Yeah. I assume he's a raccoon. His name is Tom Nook. Tom Nooki. Tanuki. I think you've just okay. blown Andrew's little mind. Uh, no, not really. I'm actually quite unimpressed by it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's a very much Tanuki. He's a classic Tanuki character. And then he's... Like, he's like, well, they're all little businessmen. Does Tanuki just go around giving out mortgages? No, they go around running shops and stuff, though, and trying to swindle you out of money. Okay. And if you don't pay your mortgage, she'll make you eat your dead wife. Yep. <laughs> That's why there's no romance options in Animal Crossing. Everyone in there is a widow or widower. Also, because it'd be fucking weird if there were romance options. <laughs> this this small child, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Small child and a badger. <laughs> a, a, love, a greater love, a greater love story that never has been seen. Flightless bird wyverns with vestigial wings, known to inhabit the shrine ruins. Quite timid, gargoyle have been known to lay eggs when other creatures surprise them from behind. They are raised as livestock in numerous villages, or numberous villages, as that apparently says. Yeah, it wouldn't be an episode of Monster Mash if Andy didn't pull out the <laughs> wiki on a typo. Especially after I really struggled with vestigial. I was not prepared yeah, for that. that, 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 that <laughs> you, got, you got through vestigial pretty well, but then it sounded like you were going to say wings wrong at the end of it. <laughs> oh, I, I like, did it. I was just like, vestigial wings. <laughs> vestigial wings. I was very unhappy with how I said it. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, at least I can write numerous, you pricks. <laughs> yeah, I got, uh, I got a lot of time for an Agagwa. Yeah, another goofy lad, didn't it? Is, it? is there any egg quests in this? Oh, I can't. There probably was, wasn't there? Um, it's been so uh, long. Yes, I, I think... Th- I think there were... I'm sure there was an egg quest to unlock some dango. Um, but I don't think it was gargoyle eggs? Or maybe... No, maybe I you had to get... Was- the- it's probably an ingredient thing, wasn't you it? You had yeah. to deliver them, but it wasn't like a quest quest. Well, yeah, it was a quest. Like a... An excellent idea. Deliver two gargoyle eggs. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. Because I definitely it remember... A, it was to get you a it. weapon design of like an egg hammer. Ah, uh, okay. 
Yeah, egg quests uh, like have been neutered in this game because of the fact that you can use the wire bug whilst egging about. Um, can you use the fast travel with an egg? No, you can't. No, no, okay. obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would uh, <laughs> defeat the point. But um, have you played Dragon's Dogma? No. There's a bunch of escort quests, but you to. can just set up a teleport in advance and just warp them there, and it counts. Well, that's because the game wasn't designed with teleporting in it. <laughs> it was designed to have it in it, but just not in the to the extent that they did it in the DLC. Yes, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, the egg yeah. quests were, were were absolutely fine in this game. Like, monster, the big monster chased you a wee bit there, but you're able to get away from them pretty quickly with the wire bug. Um. Whereas before, if a large monster found you on an egg quest, you, you as well just put the controller down and walk it away because he's breaking that egg. There was, there was something to the the fact that in older games you spent a bit more time around monsters, but not really able to fight them. Like it did build up their threat. Whereas I but feel that, like we were, we were. Is it that you weren't able to fight them, or you just? Weren't like, allowed to. <laughs> well, a, a bit of both. Like, we're, we're, it took you longer to get, like, good enough to fight something like a Rathian or a Rathalos. Whereas here, I feel like we pretty much could go and kill a Rathian on, like, the first day if we wanted to. Yeah. Is, is that just because of our skill level and, like, the fact it, that we've played quite a few oh, monster yeah, games? Column A and column B, right? Yeah. But they, they they definitely did use to make more of a deliberate effort, right? To have you do a bunch of herb quests and mushroom quests and egg quests where monsters would show up and spook you. Like, yeah, they would deliberately of block off bits of the map so you had to take a dangerous route back with this egg or whatever. Mm. And I think it did do something to make, like, some of those monsters I remember from early in uh, previous games have such a presence in my mind because it made me see them as a threat for a little while. Whereas something like Great Azuchi in this... I, we finished it off like an hour after buying the game. <laughs> that was it, right? Yeah, that's fair. But speaking of Gargwa, it's nice to have him back because he's a Bance lad. Yeah. Zagras. A small monster that travels and hunts in packs. Its hide blends in with its forest environment, and it has characteristic spikes on its back. If you chase a few away, the rest will usually follow suit. They tend to keep their distance when large monsters enter their territory, but sometimes the entire group will attack, if they feel particularly threatened. I've just been hoist by my own petard because I was looking at the fact that they've spelt environment wrong and it made me fuck up the word characteristic. (laughs) 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 Environment. See? Devastating. Yeah. So I always find the... it a bit weird when the small monster comes back, but its big one doesn't. Yes, I was just about to make that exact same point. Um, and we have had that quite a lot with, like, um, Jaggy. It's the jag- yeah, Jaggy's Jaggy. Jaggy's one for it. it. Um, but I... I mean, the Bulldra Vangos are always kind of like that, right? Because they rarely bother to pull I, the big daddy I in. I guess Bulfango came first. Yeah, because it came first. <laughs> Yeah, so that's not as weird to me. 
like thinking about it that way. I need, I know we encountered Bulldrome and Bullfango at the same time when we started playing. We've been out the same with Congas at some point. With what, sorry? What one, sorry? Congas, is that right? You might be right, yeah. I you think maybe Congas were an X, but then Congalala wasn't until Double Cross, maybe. We obviously had it with Jaggy a lot. Jaggy hasn't been in the game since 4. Uh, great Jaggy, rather, but the Jaggy have. Yeah. Maybe it's just because it's a world monster, right? Yeah. I think that's, that's probably it, that right? That makes yeah, it feel yeah. especially and, weird. and they are quite pack-like, yeah. so, yeah. It feels almost a little weird that they bothered to bring over a world small monster and then not the big one. But I guess, yeah, it, it, it works, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think... I don't necessarily think the Jagras have much personality on their own without a great Jagras. Yeah, agreed. Because t- typically, like in World, you like if you're fighting the great Jagras, all the mini Jagras would sometimes like run up a tree and then like there was um, drop down and ambush you. The Leshen made the Jagras actually quite like difficult, right? Mm-mm. It kept sending, making them super aggressive at you, and they became right. an actual like element of that fight. I guess it is good to have a a monster with a slightly different body shape among the small monsters. It's not just a bunch of bipedal dinosaurs who've got like this yeah, lizard thing. But we're lizardy, right? Not, there's not really any mammal ones in this game. Mm-hmm. So they needed to have something to mix it up other than just a bunch of velociraptors. Yeah, I appreciate the variety, but... Variety I... comes in packs of eight. So, how many jagrats are there in a pack? <coughs> No, that was an old advert for the little boxes of eight different cereals. <laughs> I thought it was. What? <laughs> I didn't even know there was an advert for those. I thought they were just... <laughs> they just existed. <laughs> well, that, to me, they are like... They're quintessentially summer holiday, right? So, oh, we're going camping, oh, so you get yeah, eight yeah, different yeah, yeah. cereals. I will say, though, those little boxes never well, contain... It, w- it wouldn't be eight portion, different right? cereals, right? Yeah, but, uh, yeah, you, no, they would they double did. up a couple of them, maybe. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You get two but of them. No, they, I, I thought they were a proper portion, weren't they? Maybe, I, maybe I foolishly maybe tried I just... to eat them since I've been an adult. <laughs> 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 I definitely don't remember ever being shortchanged by one of the boxes, and I remember enjoying the fact that they were fresh, unlike... Oh, that's true, yeah, them. all sealed. Yeah, exactly. You get that sweet, sweet... First poor experience every single time. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're done on the Jagras. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but we are doing a great job of Moolbox series. But our Kellogg sponsorship is going great. <laughs> Peeper sect. A butterfly with spotted yellow wings that can be found living in swarms in various locales across the region. In the past, they were mistaken for flying eyeballs, hence their creepy name. When attacked, they release a type of dust before fleeing. This dust can temporarily boost stamina if it is inhaled. Oh, peepers. I get it. (laughs) There we go. Yep. So, yep, Rise kind of brought back the... This the kind of endemic life that would be floating around the map that you could um, it, attack or, it or, or did, for a buff. Yeah, endemic life in world, 90% of it was just like, here is a lizard you can see and collect. 
Whereas well, at least it's... basically every piece of endemic life in Rise is just a power up. Yeah, there there is a lot. Like yeah, there are there are fewer um, monsters you can collect. Um, well, that's because there's not a collection well, aspect. Yeah, the, yeah, the net, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like um, no, in in world, the endemic life was just there so that you would look at the map and think, "Oh, it's it's alive." Yeah, well, here, that's... all of them are there for a gameplay reason. Yeah, which kind of I suppose maybe goes towards their focus for this game, which is to you know amp up the gameplay and, and make it. Yeah, it's meant to be a like, fast-paced handheld one, right? Yeah, that's right. And uh... but it, it makes these fuckers a little bit more interesting to talk about than just this one is a black beetle. It is one thousand points. Oh, Andy <laughs> has a gold beetle. It's five thousand points. <laughs> Yeah, that is the real reason Moss wasn't on this episode because he's <laughs> so far I've not determined any way to score these monsters. So, <laughs> um, just how cool they are. So. These ones are not very. No, uh, uh, to be fair, I'm not doing very well. If that's the case, yeah, fucking Gargoyle wasn't a big hit, was it? So... A large toad with a distinct red body. It stores an explosive gas that, when emitted and mixed with air, can cause an explosion powerful enough to topple even large monsters. It is a toad. It is a grenade. It doesn't necessarily make sense. Did you just make that song up, or did you have that prepared? No, that came came off the bunce. (laughs) (laughs) Can you pick up these lads in this game? Or are they still, like, you have to hit them on the ground? I think you can pick them up. I feel like I've had yeah, one in my little box. Because yeah, I'm not sure. in World, you like you would hit them and then they kind of like swell up and explode. So you kind of have to time them a bit more. You can do that more. as well. No, yeah, you definitely can. I remember picking them up and throwing them. But yeah, you can also hit them the same way you did in World. Yeah, I, I like an exploding fire toad. I can get behind that. Yeah, and uh, always just will have a bit more damage on the monster, innit? So, can't complain there. The Puppet Spider A spider with a distinct yellow-spotted pattern. It shoots out a sticky web from its abdomen that is robust enough to restrain monsters. When feeding or fleeing from enemies, it uses strings of web to immobilize its target. When feeding in particular, this behavior is reminiscent of a puppeteer manipulating a marionette, which is how its name came about. These are the lads to get you a free wyvern raid, right? Basically, yeah. Does it always work? I think so long as you've... Not if you try and do it... I, th- I thought they just contributed to it. Uh, well, if you do it early enough, If you do it, yeah. like, at the start of the hunt, it'll yeah. work. If you do it, like, right okay. after you've just done one, I don't think it'll fill up the bar yeah. enough. <laughs> but, um, yeah, very useful. I always like to see one of these lads about. Also... Yep, um... I don't necessarily like seeing a big white tarantula and picking it up, but... <laughs> You're not actually doing it <laughs> in real life, though. It's not like a... Yeah, which is why I doesn't actually... I'm not, I don't get paralysed with I mean, come on, he, he, he's definitely going to go and do it at some point in real if life. If there right? was like, a real uh... spider which could let me ride a dragon, then yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? What? Sometimes I think about letting spiders bite me just to see if they'll make me Spider-Man. <laughs> just to see. Just to see. Because only... many people so far have become Spider-Man. It's only so. got to happen once, Andy. <laughs> yeah, but in Spider-Man it's happened time and time again, no? More recently, yeah. 
But only once, like, per universe. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong... Or twice, maybe. Uh, I mean, yeah, come on. Miles and Pete are definitely... Pals. Snow beetle. <laughs> a tiny beetle that pushes around a snowball with hind legs. The snowball it pushes has ice properties, and thrown at a target will inflict it with ice blight. The snowballs are so cold that you'll get frostbite if you hold them for too long. Well, you could probably have this guy in your pack for the whole hunt and it wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't have any negative effects. So, thank you, useless <laughs> flavour text. Dung beetles are cool. I mean, to be fair, you're not holding it in your bag. Okay, I, I suppose that's, so. That's in your bag. Yeah. You might... It might chill your drink, so you get a nice cool um, <laughs> mega potion. Like, but they go to the shops and get like a a bag of snow beetles, <laughs> put them in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, uh, you need one yeah. apparently, so they get a bag. So there's tons of these like elemental. I mean, dung beetles are a thing. Give it a snowball, makes sense. Yeah, right? and there's tons of these elemental beetles in the game that like they all serve a similar purpose. So we're going to be doing this three more times where we say. Yeah, this lad's useful. Yeah. Always like seeing him chuck out a monster. Does a good job. Um the blights do something different to the monsters though in this game, right? Like they all have like a secondary purpose. Like like you Uh I don't know. I just hit them with my sword. I'm I'm, I'm sure like <laughs> I think it's ice blight makes them makes them more susceptible to being mounted, potentially. I could be totally making that up. Um, but um, no, I think it just makes uh, them slower. Just makes them slower. Uh, yeah, well, that's very disappointing. You yeah, really built there. Were we able to blight monsters before? Like, I'm sure we we, we could do effects like poison. Oh, with like weapons, you could, right? Oh, you mean like I didn't think you like caused ice blight. You just yeah, I guess not. You just yeah, yeah, so yeah. blighting the monsters before. themselves is yeah. something a bit new. And uh, maybe that's why I had I hadn't even noticed it was a thing because yeah yeah I mean before and I've mostly just been concentrating on mm-hmm. big old damage numbers but yeah it makes them monsters slower which is um useful always but certainly for some monsters it would be very useful like a Digrix or a an Argacook or something like that I could imagine it might be a thing that we're gonna find ourselves needing energy yeah they'll be like right? all these lads will be very useful to have in your pack even more so than I think in, in low and high rank they were just you know nice wee treats to have in your pack but um, and in G-Rack you, I think and I think that'll be the case for a lot of the endowment life you want to go out your way to get them A small bird that glows a faint green the glow comes from pollen that accumulates on its body while drinking nectar many mistake this glow for a human soul hence the name Petalaces become fragrant, and pollen provides a health boost when imbued with this pollen. So, obviously there are multiple colours of spirit bird, but naturally I find myself wanting to get the green ones, because, you know, you can, on the screen, see yeah. your bar fill up. Yeah, there's definitely a good sense green, of it. Green and yellow as well for there, stamina. Right? You uh, get some other sort sure. of... Yeah, yeah. Stamina as well, yeah, yeah. I guess. But like the attack and defense yeah, ones, you don't. How exciting is stamina really? But I suppose like yeah. because the health buffs only get you so far, these are the ones you're going to be seeking out more often than not to like get that 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 nice visceral feedback. Seeing the bar fill up the whole screen. 
And I feel like I do generally fill my bar by the end of a hunt. I mean, obviously, if, really? if we're just like smashing out a low rank Izuchi or whatever, no. But any big monster, I'm seeing them as I fight it. I tend to, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I engage with systems. See, the thing I'm wondering is, I think I brought this up on the podcast before. Are we thinking that in G-Rank we're going to need these guys more? Or are we thinking that in G-Rank we're going to have such a boost in the food that we actually I'd like to think the food will carry us most of the way. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe that's just me being optimistic because I can't be asked to pick them up. But, you know. um, I think they'll be more essential for, like, end-game G-Rank fights. I don't think for the bulk of G rank, like if you're just fighting like a G rank Rathian or something, I don't think you'll be you'll need to go out your way to get them. I think the food will carry you most of the way, but for like, yeah, I guess the question is going to be how they're going to do that in game stuff, right? Because like, I, I mean, I, obviously, I'm not deeply plugged in, but I've not noticed like the um, well you know, arc tempered kind of. I just realised what they'll thing. probably do is oh, right. they have done some um, some tougher. Um, Event quests, but they had done like a really yeah. hard Nawa and stuff. Oh, okay. but it's just generally done a bit less of the games of a service thing. Yeah. That well. Yeah. Cutterfly, a dragonfly with a sharp red tail that releases pheromones when under threat. During mating season, it rubs its tail on various surfaces to spread this chemical secretion. This action often cuts through fishing nets. As a result. Cutterflies are shrouded in superstition, particularly amongst fishermen. Breathing in the pheromone grants hunters increased concentration for a higher chance at critical hits. Bit beedrill like. I know they're dragonflies, but bit beedrill like, no? Yeah, I guess. Like, that's cool flavour text. It's a cool bug. But, like. Eh? <laughs> this is the first time I knew what it did. I just thought it did the same thing as the Red Spirit. Eh, I think I knew it up your affinity. But, but this, this is very much in the I'll grab yeah, it, I mean, it past I it. it. But I can't imagine the situation. <laughs> I've got to get a car fly. I need those crits. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, Any thoughts on the cutter fly, Andy? No. Golden spirit bug. A golden beetle. When in flight, the sound of its wings flapping has a relaxing effect. Its diet mostly consists of other tiny insects. The ones that it favours most can be found in the plants that petalises are made from. Hunters wearing a petalise will attract golden spirit bugs and offer to turn from hunts with their petalise covered in them. A dye made from this bug is a famous specialty of Kamura Village. I guess that's why you get points for them? Because that's all these lads do. Yep. And yeah, I mean, they're usually they're like positioned, so you have to do like some sort of fun jump, or you have to climb up somewhere a little bit more difficult. The like, yeah. So if it was, if they were putting the ones that you needed in those kind of positions, it would be annoying. But if it's just like, oh, I wonder if I can make that jump. Oh yeah, I got some points. I'm down with that. Like coins in Mario or rings in Sonic, right? Like they're there to kind of guide you to a a different bit of the map. Like, oh, try running this wall yeah. and find a new area. Maybe try jumping through the air to grab these, and you might get a more rare spray bug on your way back down. Something like that. But, um, which yeah. I suppose is 
neat, but yeah, who cares about points for the most part, right? That's... Well, I think it saves you having to spend money on food, but that's about it, isn't it? I know, if if you get super into like, trading shit with Rondine, the points are yeah. important, but who does that? Unless it's just a way to make extra money True. instead. <laughs> a weasel with distinct snow white fear. fear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, snow white fear. It says fear, okay? Has it got right, an E on it, it, or you just not how fur is Yes! Yeah, no, no, <laughs> you're like Ron, you're like Ron Burgundy. If you like, put in your teleprompter, you'll read. <laughs> a weasel would just think Snow White fear that is light and warm. When threatened, it emits a type of pheromone from the scent glands near the base of its tail in the form of a smoke-like cloud. It uses its tail to spread the cloud in an attempt to attract any monster nearby. If a monster is successfully lured to its location, it'll use this chance to escape. I actually quite like using these guys. I haven't either, yeah. I haven't really used for them once. yet. Like, where would you use them? Oh, I I, I go and get, like, a different monster. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, mind. okay. I can, I can see the 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 charm in that then, because then you'll get a, a wyvern raid if the ones start scrapping, I suppose, right? So, okay. Yep. And um, on the Shrine Ruins in particular, there's one really near the start. So usually I can pick that up, and then there'll be a monster on the way to the monster I'm hunting. So I can generally turn up and like just have mm. a turf war at the start of the hunt. So yeah, I, I actually do Fair use this enough. one. And well, the, the effect, you have like yeah. a little smoke around you, and the monster like starts chasing you. It's fun to have a little, you know, chase sequence. Fun, fun, fun. Fun, fun, fun. Under the sun, sun, sun. Guess who fucked up? A beetle native to the Kimura area. This name refers to the male wirebugs, so called for their larger, more powerful bodies. As they are stronger than female wirebugs, they are often used for long-distance movement, though they are less nimble and harder to control. They are also far less common than females. Once placed in a patch of jewel lilies, it'll never leave. What sad life. <laughs> I didn't know the the ones we carried about were yeah. were all the female wirebugs. I actually would have assumed the other way around, based yeah. on my knowledge of yeah. bugs. I would have, I would have thought so too. But there you go. I hadn't given it much thought. I hadn't until this exact moment. Yeah, from from a mechanical standpoint, just these are shortcut lads, right? Just zip up a cliff. Yeah. Usually, it's just you tap it; it takes you to another place. There were like two or three in the game where you have to Which hit another cool. one in I do the like air. Doing that. And I almost never remember it the first time though. <laughs> yep. <laughs> multiple occasions where me and Andy have just like jumped up in the air, landed back where we started and been like, oh yeah. I do like doing that though, when you pull it off. It's a very cool visual. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And it, and it, it was and fun. Exactly what it is. Slowly unlocking them and popping them around different places. But yeah. Like that was an admirable attempt to make it make sense, but did it, yeah. did they do it in every area, or did it? No, no, no. most of the other areas just have them already. No, in. they all they all needed. But by the time you were getting the other yeah. areas, you had so many that you probably wouldn't. Yeah, even yeah, if, yeah. you were just as soon yeah. as you find a lily, you put it down. Snowface fox, a fox that inhabits the shrine ruins. Despite its majestic appearance, it's quite a playful creature. Bloody nine-tailed fox, mate. 
So this one, uh, I was looking at this one, it is a rare creature. So like there are, I think there's one on every map where um, the, you're, you take a picture of them for like a side quest or something like that. Um, I think this guy appears atop one of the mountains, like off one of the shrines. Um, I know obviously the, the nine-tailed fox is quite a prevalent bit in Japanese mythos. Well, that's the thing, because they've already given us Mizutsune. But this is a yeah. way more traditional, yes. like, Nine-Tailed Fox. Um, I, I I hadn't seen one in games, so I'm just looking at pictures of it for the first time now. It's like a Nine-Tailed Fox version of your dog. Oh, that's it's the same cute. blue and white colour scheme. As a dog to start with, yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, like, <laughs> right at the start of the game, I was taking pictures of everything. Super into it. I'm sure none of us engaged um, in the photography side quests. I, <laughs> I took a picture of the one that. in the Frost Islands, which we'll talk about when we get there. Yeah, yes. well, that one's yeah, very yeah, yeah. noticeable. Um, but I never, I never got any of those. <laughs> well, when we talked about finding the notes earlier, I felt no desire to go and do it. Whereas I can see myself going and photographing this guy now. Right. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, I, as you know, I know exactly why. I just don't get photography in games at all. So, of course, I'm not going to engage with this shit. I mean, do you do much photography in life? No. <laughs> <laughs> I do it when I go away on holiday, to right. be fair. Yeah. But outside of actual, you know, going to a specific destination for a very specific purpose, nah, <laughs> I, I don't get photos. <laughs> Doesn't get dancing, doesn't get photos. And he is the worst millennial alive. Or the best. A tiny beetle that pushes around a dirt ball with its hind legs. The dirt ball is push it pushes has thunder properties, and throwing it at a target will inflict it with thunder blight. No one seems to understand why the dirt ball has these properties. That is so Oh shit, I didn't mean to include so two shit beetles. though, like <laughs> Like they couldn't think Right, we need a thunder blight beetle. Why is why is the ball thunder? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> Not like a Zinogus left some sparks around. <laughs> nah, fuck it. Yeah, it's a, it's a mud ball and it does thunder. Deal with it. <laughs> fucking hell. I think uh, you guys criticise me when I tell them they're lazy. Fucking... Look at this. God. Pushes around a fucking a big Duracell. Uh, that would be better. I would love that. Um, I'd be confused as to where the Duracell battery came from. But, you know, this isn't Pikmin. Take what I said Duracell about the down. Snow Beetle include Thunder. There. That's my thoughts. Crap bugs. Insects with sharp horns that live in colonies affixed to tree branches. If attacked, their horns will stick out in a defensive position. Their horns are so tough that they can even pierce the thick hide on the bottom of a monster's foot. They are often used by hunters as a natural trap or as a means to slow down or turn away pursuers. Not gonna lie, just finding out these guys exist right now. <laughs> these are the Caltrops oh. ones. Yeah, I've used these. I have not. Yeah, they're... Yeah, they're <laughs> down there. They look, they look like Caltrops on the ground. Um... Which, which kind of maybe plays into that kind of ninja fight oh, yeah, a definitely. little bit. And I guess if, if you were doing... Yeah. Are they, these, they're just not for us, are they? These are for people who are 
more likely to be scared and have to run away from a monster. Not guys who play like, cumulatively over a thousand hours of Monster Hunter. <laughs> they've got a use in that if you know when a monster's going to be attacking and like you know you can jump in and get a big move on it. Like what they do is they just cause a monster to flinch. Really, like that's it. Okay. Um, so it's like a guaranteed flinch. Um, so it is a quite a niche use in that sense. Um, and maybe doesn't have an immediate obvious use like you know your blight beetles or what have you. Um, but if I pick, if, if it's like any most of the endemic like endemic life, uh, if I, if I'm passing by them, I'm gonna pick them up. You know, at least I wonder if they're popular use. with um speedrunners. Attract bugs meta. Get in touch. <laughs> Love, we finally got some real listener interaction after all these years. <laughs> Also, tweet at AndyMan949 how big do you think <laughs> Joe Biden's dick is? Way! Figure Wasp. An insect that collects a restorative nectar and stores it in a sack. When struck, the sack releases a healing mist that's sure to be useful for hunters in a pinch. I, I, I do know these guys I exist. feel like in World... In World, yeah. didn't it suggest more like that was actually its gut you were cutting open? Uh, I can't remember the description from World, but it definitely felt. I definitely have to remember being quite. Wait, wait, wait! How like, is sack spelled? S A S A C. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, well, let's not, let's not, it. let's not trust the last kind of wiki on this, though. To be fair, that's the. <laughs> it actually says burlap sack very specifically in the game. <laughs> Just carry, carry around the bag. Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Ho, 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 want some heels hunters? <laughs> ho, 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 boys and girls. Gut me some <laughs> heels to throw. Pull out the goodies. <laughs> yeah, these lads are... Andy man 949 fan out of that. cowards. <laughs> yeah, these lads are always useful, right? Yep. Like, a free heel, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like, a free mega potion. Um... And uh, I feel typically... like more than anything in the past five years, this is the thing from Wild, which is definitely going to be in every Monster Hunter game forever now. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just um, useful, useful. Um, make make fights more dynamic in that as well, because you don't want to get the, you want to be fighting the monster in the area with the Vigor Wasp as well, like right next to it, because. Then you run the risk of either the monster or you by accident popping the Vigor Vigor Wasp when you don't need it. So yeah. there's a good kind of game design element to that there as well. Like they've got uh, a nice aspect to that. So yeah, I've got a lot of time for the Vigor Wasp. A good lot. Obviously, I spent a lot more time mucking around with Vigor Wasps in World because um, you could get your cat to call them and stuff. Yeah. And of course, you couldn't just like fast travel back to the base quite as easily as you can in Rise. Mm. So there were situations where I was like, I was relying on bigger wasps to get through a fight. Whereas here it's just like a nice oh great, I don't have to waste one of my potions. Like a little bonus. Probably mentioned it last time, mentioned it again. I got a stuffed toy of this guy. I use it as a little cushion sometimes. Oh, that's cute. Is the bug side of it just as nice or just the sack? It's just, it's a little stuffed toy of a bug and then a big green sack cushion. (laughs) 
A pheasant with a giant red vocal sack. It sounds like a crying child, which is which it uses to attract large monsters that will in turn distract its predators. Hunters capture and use whale nods to lure large monsters to their vicinity. It is, it is a usually docile creature that spends most of its time in hiding. Despite its wings, it's not very good at flying. And that has too many words to describe something that I do not recognise whatsoever. That is that fucking terrifying, like though. <laughs> something that would be more useful in an earlier game. Yep. Like, I can see where the monster is on my map from the start of the quest. So I can get there in one minute flat. I yeah. don't need to use a screaming bird to attract it. Yeah. Well, I guess it's kind of cool to have a portable... Um, <laughs> a portable crying child. bird which calls monsters... <laughs> <laughs> this isn't Death yeah, Stranding, right? That's it, yeah, portable Kurapaka. Mm. Well, you don't want a devil to disappear in though, do you? I yeah, think... come on, this is Luke. He reckons Absolutely he can punch you in the face it. and take you down. But also He can, he can, he can punch <laughs> out a devil Joe, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I could make a devil Joe appear randomly at any point in every quest, do you not think I would do it, it every <laughs> fucking time? <laughs> I don't think this podcast still exists. <laughs> If that was an option, right, lads. Fi- <laughs> right, no lads. One fifty. Ever play with me more than once. <laughs> Let's do this fifty banana quest. You come and look. Oh, Jay, you're on banana forty nine. What's that sound? <laughs> so next time. We're going to be continuing our world tour of Monster Hunter Rise, and we're going to be travelling to the Sandy Plains. So, uh, yes, join us for that one. I think this has been a better format for the Small Monsters and Endemic Life cast than our, our previous <laughs> misguided attempts. Yes, but um, it still ended up being a, a, a fairly lengthy cast, so you're going to get a few more of these, and I hope you enjoy them. I mean, I would imagine they'll get a little smaller as we're going to spend less time on, like, each subsequent toad, beetle, I suppose. But it's basically the same thing with a different effect, but yeah. But, uh, yes, until then, Luke, where can we be found? You can find this podcast on Twitter at Monster Mash Pod. We're also on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Just search Monster Mash Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe, rate and review, tell your friends! And if you want to help support this podcast, keep it online. Uh, check out other podcasts created by me and my friends. You can go to patreon.com slash podcastio podcastius. And if you want to hear more of my voice and watch me play Pokemon, and possibly in the future Monster Hunter stories, then you can go to uh, twitch.tv slash PKMN. So far, I've always had at least one person in there who's actually watching and chatting with me. Be that Jay, my friend Amelia, um, my brother, or Andy Hamilton. And, uh... What can they tweet Andy Man 949 this week? You've already given us a couple of suggestions. They've got three choices. They can tweet him whether or not the um, whether or not the trap bugs are meta in the speedrunning community. They can tweet him the uh, estimated size of Joe Biden's schlong, or they can tweet him fan art of Santa Claus being gutted like a pig and children pulling the presents. Just to confirm, if someone knows the size of Joe Biden's dick, are they not allowed to tweet it? Ah. No, no, no! I don't want to. I don't want to know. That would ruin the magic. What if they didn't? What if they <laughs> didn't? What if they didn't confirm that they did actually know in the tweet, but they just pretended it was an estimate? That, but it just happened to be an absolute bang. No, that, that's estimate. fine. 
That's between. Well, yeah, that's fine. That, that's, that's fine. the dream, right? Yeah, that's yeah, the that's dream. Grand. My dream is that fifty people tweet in and they have the exact correct size, but none of them knew it for a fact. <laughs> I... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was going to continue on that note, but I think I think we should leave it there before we descend toward Joe Biden. So, until then, absolutely no context for that. (laughs) I just I needed to come up with something outrageous really quickly, and that's what came to my mind. That's what came to your mind. The wonderful mind of the story is that outrageous. To be honest, I think for you that's quite tame. Well, until then, catch you next time. I'm gonna think of something really outrageous (laughs) next week. And I am joining that. (laughs) Goodbye. Peace.